Over the Ditch is back. Maddie Markham. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are we? It's been oh, a while. <laughs> well, it hasn't, it hasn't. Um, time does fly, but um, I did see you last week, I think it was, um, albeit only briefly, um, down at Geraldine. But um, yeah, week, week in harness racing can be a very, very long time, mate. Oh, plenty happens, especially at this time of the year, and it's about to get busier, uh, especially on this side of the Tasman. We've got a lot of race meetings coming up, particularly in the next eight to nine days. Yep. Well, it starts off tomorrow. Well, even today, there's a double-header today. You've got Cambridge and Ashburton. Uh, this show will go up after probably most of Ashburton's over at least. Um, Invercargill Cup tomorrow. We'll say Johnny Turner's going to be on um, as well at the end of the show. You both weren't available, but I do do appreciate you guys both making the time to... Uh, to promote the industry. I think that's the, the key part that I think a lot of people need to be aware of. And um, yeah, it's a busy time of year. You're busy, uh, JT's busy, but we've been able to sort it out together. So um, I do appreciate that part, I must say. No, always happy to, you know, step in and, and try and help promote something that, I, that I'm really passionate about. You know, harness racing's been my life for 37 odd years now. So um, anything that we can do to, you know, drum up a bit of interest, be it on your side of the Tasman or our side. And I know there's a lot of Kiwis that, that do tune in and, and watch and, and catch up, uh, which is awesome. So love talking harness racing. I could talk for weeks about it. So no issues there, mate, any time at all. Right, before we get to some of the highlights of last week, um, and we'll have a quick look at what's coming up, because uh, there's races everywhere at tracks I, could, I don't know. We don't necessarily have to go into tips. I want to be under, I don't understand the uh, the tracks and that going forward. Um, Geraldine, uh, I was told, you know, you should duck down to Geraldine. It'll be a great little spot to, to visit and all the rest. What? What a ripper. What an amazing place to go to. Once I found the track, I will say don't go to Geraldine. Make sure you put in the Geraldine uh, trotting track or whatever it is because you go for a scenic route otherwise, which I did. Sat at some bridge for half an hour waiting to get across and things along those lines and quickly worked out I'd gone the wrong way. But just picturesque, beautiful venue, um, almost a purpose-made grass track for harness racing. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's it's what I like to call an utterly unique country race course in yep. this country you know it's it, you're driving through farmland dairy farms crops whatever and then next minute you go over a bridge and to your right it's a race course yep. um and you're right it is a it is a really nice grass track there is the old galloper that is trained on there and they did used to hold gallops races there i think off the top of my head from memory but now it's just a sole harness track one day a year used to be two um great committee great passionate committee that you know are so big about their community and the amount of people they get on course is quite remarkable. And, um, and the they do the Christmas party set up and get, get thousands there. And dress. Like that Bucks party, one of those Bucks parties, they dressed up as the uh, Peaky Blinders. And it was outstanding. Walking through the crowd, seeing these guys in three-piece suits. Um, it was warm. It was probably hot for you Kiwis. It was warm enough. There was no problems there. These guys just dressed up to the nines. Yeah, a little bit of a throwback to years gone by, you know, the old tweed coat and flat cap going to the races, that kind of thing. And they do it so well, Geraldine, because for months leading in, they're marketing that day. Yep. And I guess they're a little bit in a fortunate position of the fact that it's their one meeting that they've got to promote. And there is a little bit of reputation that carries through with it from year to year to year. So people know that it's on and, you know, plan ahead. But that was a cracking day there uh, a couple of weeks ago and i'm so pleased that they got good fields and they did they had some cracking fields throughout the day and it was good competitive racing and most importantly the weather played its part which can be such a big thing because you know you put a bit of rain or something in the mix and all of a sudden that crowd's about a quarter of the size that it would have been so more tracks like that please 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think, it, and it was just awesome. And it was, you know, from my point of view, it hadn't been. I was glad I made the trip. Um, everyone told me it's a long drive. It's an hour and a half for any Aussies, so that's just around the corner for us. We don't uh, stress about those uh, long trips, but it's a beautiful part of the world to, to have a look at, it, and it was well worth it. Unique in its way with the stables on one side, or most of the stables on one side of the track, uh, and that, but I believe there's uh, moves at foot to try and move that across um, and change a few things up. So, yep, and I believe the takings, uh, the TAB turnover takings on the day were huge. So that is in itself is another great thing. Yeah, turnover obviously is gold at the moment. You know, you want to be boosting that GBR and, you know, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because so for years as I grew up in racing, the money that was generated was based on off-course and on-course turnover and the clubs got a percentage of, of each. So let's say it was 16% of their on-course turnover, um, 10% of their off-course turnover and X amount for their fixed odds betting when it first came in. And there was a real incentive for clubs to get people on course and get them punting because obviously they got a major portion of the on-course turnover. And, you know, I can remember places like Mifflin and Geraldine would consistently turn over $200,000 on course on a good day. And, of course, they're getting a good chunk of that, which they're then putting back into stakes or uptake on their tracks and things like that. And unless you've been, particularly for people from, from your side of the Tasman, unless you've been to New Zealand and experienced some of these grass track race meetings, and I talk Geraldine... Miffin, Mocha Carrara, Rangiora had a beautiful grass track meeting last Sunday on on the what is known as the galloping track. They only hold a couple of grass track meetings a year. It brings people out, especially at this time of the year when you get the warm weather and there's a reason to celebrate and things like that. And it's just a shame that the incentive to get those people punting and turning over is not quite there the same that it was with yep. uh, the shift to a bulk funding model where it was based on your overall turnover throughout the year as opposed to those individual meetings and that in turn took some interest out of the day because a lot of those clubs used to hold on-course punters clubs where you pay your ten dollars and you know someone a mug like me would do the betting for you and you know i can remember doing them at geraldine and you'd start with a pool of ten thousand dollars you know, yeah, that was your that was your play money for eight races. I say play money. Generally, we tried to blow it in eight races, but the the experience of grass track racing in New Zealand is unparalleled. I think. Yep. You know, um, it's such a unique aspect of the game, and people just love sitting out there on the grass. They ride up close to the horses. They can see them, you know, running within five meters to ten meters away from them if they're up against the fence, and they get a real intel into just how powerful the uh, the standard breed horse is because they see them at speed. And I know that I've had mates that go to the races and have never been there before and go, wow, they go really quick. And, you know, then you want to entice them to sit in a Jules Elke and really feel it, you know, that kind of thing. So we're very lucky here, very, very lucky. And in so many ways, it's the grass track country meetings that actually do a big portion of the propping up the yep. harness racing in this country. No, absolutely. And we're looking forward to the Central Otago's uh, starting January 2. Um, and I'm going to be there covering it. Um, we'll do some stuff with yourself. Uh, I'm sure Johnny Turner will be there as well. And it's uh, there's three race meetings in 10 days or eight days, I believe. Um, five days. Five days. Right. So they start at uh, a little place called Omakia, which you will need to put in the map because if you thought Geraldine was hard to find, the Omakia race course is even more tricky. Uh, so we're, we're there on January 2nd. January 4, we go to a little place called Roxborough, which is a little bit the same. You need to put it in Google Maps because it's, it's basically in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then the last day ends at the Cromwell race course, which 
you won't be too hard finding that because if you see the big fruit in the middle of town, you're not far away. Big plastic fruit that they've got up is one of the middle of town signs. And that's a grass track meeting. The other two are on uh, all weather tracks. So it's a great wee circuit there. Great wee summer circuit. A lot of people travel down, myself included, and have for the last five or six years and really enjoy the, you know, the camaraderie that comes with, you know, being on a circuit like that. One's got, um, I saw pictures last year, heap of trees around the back, big, big, heavy trees. Yeah, so that's, Omakau's got a lot of trees around it. Um, Cromwell, the track is very, very open because you're in the middle of a fruit bowl. So you've got um, cherry vineyard kind of things all around it. And there's a there's a little pseudo airport along the back straight kind of thing. Roxbury, you drive over the middle of a massive dam and then go down a hill and it's, it's right there. Um, it's an incredible wee track too. If you're there, we'll take you around the back straight because that's the best viewing when you see them all starting to whip into it at the 800 metre mark. It's great viewing from there. So they are they're three very unique tracks and uh, the communities all get behind them too. They get massive crowds, especially to Omicare on the first day. I'm uh, dead set looking forward to getting there. Uh, sounds good. I actually thought they were all grass tracks, so I do please, uh, I do apologise for that part, but still don't care. Looking forward to it. And they've been told about it and everyone, every person I've spoken to said you will just love it. Um, week just gone by, mate. We had the group one. We had the running of the group one Woodland Stud. Haven't told him this, Maddie and I. We do, we used to do a little bit of a. Oh, we'll do this, this, and this. We don't do that anymore. So I just got to give him two seconds to get to Auckland last Friday night. But it was the running of the Woodland Stud Queen of Hearts for the Phillies and Mares. Uh, the prelude, I would say, if you like prelude preview, was run the week before. Lady of the Light led on that occasion. Was it a shock to see this horse lead uh, before the winning post anyway from outside the front row? Was that a, a bit of a shock to you, Matty? It was a little bit of a surprise, but only for the fact that in, in the days leading up, Bob Butt had sort of declared war and that he was leading at all costs with Manhattan. That's him slotting into the trail uh, there behind Lady of the Light. Was I surprised to see her in front? No, because she's such a good front-running mare. She's got such an effortless way of covering the ground. And... I thought once she got there and she got a reasonably comfortable lead of it, I thought, well, she's going to be right in the fight here. But I thought that probably a couple of them might have it for speed. But as it proved, a beautifully rated Morris McKendry drive, she was simply too tough for them in the run to the line. And there were some good runs in behind. Uh, Life's a beach. You know, I thought All-American Lover was hitting the line with a bit of purpose. And uh, Manhattan went a good solid race once again she's group one placed um she just can't seem to grab one she's probably the unluckiest horse in that regard in the country at the moment but uh this is a wonderful result for a, a man known as zinni jeremy young um used to be a big part of the all-stars uh setup uh back probably 10 or so years ago traveled a lot was a bit of their traveling foreman and took a lot of good horses over um seas he was a big man behind auckland reactor yep um he now trains on his own accord and he's got a wonderful mare here she is simply outstanding. She won 11 from 30, placed on eight times, uh, placed on eight occasions. And she's just tough, just keeps running, you know. Um, this was a big, tough one against a good field of mares. Probably not a vintage crop of um, mares, but a, a very good uh, crop all the same. And, and probably the biggest news out of this race, Paul, was the fact that there was a few discussions about should someone come knocking on the door, that they would be quite keen to tackle the race by Grins in April next year. Given the fact that Get being a mayor, she would draw the ace. Yeah. And given her gate speed, she's going to be right on the right in contention early on. So um, she certainly wouldn't be the worst mayor to have in the mix no. I, with, with her early speed. Um, this race changed. 
change yeah. a little bit of complexion just here bobby butt um somewhere just put a horrible stride in there on manhattan and um it cost it second i've got no doubt about that whether it actually costed any chance of winning because it was an interesting race and there was a couple other runners i'll let you go through the rest but i just wanted to highlight that one point there it was a bit um bit bit interesting maddie yeah, I just wonder if it got a bit tight. Artie's Express looked like she might have got in on the bend and lent on Dances Till Dawn, who may in turn have lent on Manhattan. I don't know that for a fact, but um, that's All-American Lover and Life's a Beach storming home out wide. They were both really good. Manhattan, as we said, very consistent. Disappointment of the race was Artie's Express. That's her coming up three wide. Now you can just see Zach take a hold of her there, and Bob sort of yep. almost looked like he had to take a hold too, and, and that was my thought watching the race, uh, was whether there was just a little bit of squeezing there, and she actually probably did well to stay down pacing considering the speed they were going um yeah i thought uh, as i said life's a beach and all american lover was good good to see josh dickey back driving in new zealand i know he'll be back for new year's eve before him and sammy make the permanent move over to be part of the uh stonewall team she's a good mare too she's yep. probably a little bit underrated and uh you know it was a good group one race i uh was very pleased for zinni to see him get that group one win with such a fantastic year um, Life's Beach was great. Been knocking on the door um, leading up to that. I thought it, it was terrific. Manhattan, we, we highlighted there. All American Lover was great. Um, there were some discussions about whether they protest or not, but I think Josh and the stewards were satisfied when I was reading the Sipes reports. They were happy um, not to. Um, there was Artie's Express. What was your thoughts? Just flat, I thought. I just she she has thrown in one of those runs every now and then in her career. Um, just looked to be in the prime. Quality, look, quali- looked to yeah. be in the prime spot, didn't it? Yeah, she's a quality quality mirror, and I mean she had a beautiful run on the back of Dance Till Dawn throughout, and she sort of popped off at the quarter and never really looked like she was even going to get close to Lady of the Light. So uh, a bit of work for the Stonewall Stud team there, but. Probably the one thing with her is you've got to remember she's she's still pretty much a relative newcomer to the racing game. She's only had a dozen or so starts and she's won them very, very quickly. And I think she'll come back next year as a much more rounded mare. Yep. And uh, she will be, you know, right up the top of the pile, especially with the news that our, our Oaks winning filly, Artie by the Seaside, is now WA bound after a, a sale. So Maitzenev has sold her on a 50-50 deal and she'll do the rest of her racing in WA. Wow. And especially with Millwood Nike out for the majority of next year as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a big call for Artie by the Seaside. Yeah, oh, she'll be a fantastic mare over in WA yeah. given her gate speed and her willingness to get on the front end and try and, you know, run them along at even quarters. Um I guess it's a business decision at the end of the day. She's won a Group 1 over here. Mike gets to keep her residual value as a broodmare by doing a 50-50 deal with the sale. Um, so, yeah, I believe that that deal's been signed and sealed and she'll do the rest of her racing in Australia. Do you know the stable? No, not off the top of my head, sorry. Damn. I did think you were going to ask me that and I was trying to think about it, but uh, <laughs> no. Um, two things. I do, Lou. I thought Nikki Chilcott only had three starts, first time against the, the, the older mares, first in Group 1 class, runs last. Depth in these races, it was okay, though. Like, this horse has only got beat 10 metres. It wasn't horrible. So I think that's a, you know, Nikki's got herself a nice horse that with another year of racing under its belt, you know, could be lining up in these races and being a realistic chance, which is great to see. Yeah, well, it's a little bit like a you know a young rugby league player playing juniors and then going straight into the NRL. You know, yep. um, very limited experience, and you're taking on some pretty race-hardened, dour mares. You know, um, it was always going to be tough, but she'll drop back into some lower-grade races and and 
resume winning again. I've got no doubt about that. And you know, most of those mares will drop back now into into lower grade, intermediate grade races, and they're going to get a slice of the money over the next five five to six weeks. Now we've got a little horse racing tonight, and his name is Belittled. And I say he, and his name is Belittled. He quite often gets labelled as a filly. How do you get a mare called Mister Kaplan? When I heard yeah, it, I, I, I was just I was like, what the. You'd have to ask uh, Tony Hurley how that one eventuated, or, or the owners. I am not quite sure. I know myself, riding a bit of form and things like that, I've been called out a few times when I've seen him in a field and called him a he or a whatnot. Um, but, yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting one. I've seen the horse before and just never, but I just, I knew that that was a, a mare's race, and uh, I was like, yeah. Um, and I will say, I, I am sponsored by Woodland Stud, but uh, all three filling the placings, being by Better's Delight, uh, is just a testament to the old champ. He just keeps getting the job done. I will say Tony Barron was extremely happy. I saw him in Queensland, and uh, he had, uh, yeah, he was very, very happy with his horse. And so he should be. I think it was a, a terrific run. Just keeps getting, you know, running on all the time never seems to not hit the line yeah no she's been a, a wonderful mirror and she actually probably deserves a big one you know yep. her residual value as, as a brood mirror already is quite high anyway given a her breeding and b the fact she's multiple times group one placed um obviously beaten in the harness jewels as a three-year-old um and then that one as, as well as others but a weekend of what might have been for tr baron after um of course he picked up a placing on saturday night at albion park as well and she was terrific point leader we must say on her because i mean this is over the ditch uh she was terrific and in that inter dominion must say well done to the kiwis as well because there was eight kiwi bred trotters um that made the field i think seven of them went in i think the emergency was a, a kiwi bred but seven of those horses contested uh, the race and uh yeah terrific Terrific race and terrific um, r results right around. Um, I was trying to think of the horse that ran fourth. Uh, the best bourbon, he was bred over there um, and hit the line terrific as well. So, yeah, well done to all the breeders. And uh, did you watch the Inter Dominion before we finish? I want to finish on Auckland a bit, but did you watch both events? I did, I did. And the thoughts? And, and has there been any other thoughts from the Kiwis? I haven't seen an awful lot over here. Um, I was simply sat back in awe of Leap to Fame. Um, what I love about Australian racing and it's something that has done so well over there is I love listening to Brittany interview drivers before the race and you know we're going to lead we're going to lead we're going to lead we're going to lead kind of thing we're going to hold up blah 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 and seeing how those things unfold and that Inter-Dominion pacing final technically was one of the coolest races I've watched in a long time. Um, I said to a couple of people, you know, you've got Greg Sugars driving the third favourite in an Inter-Dominion grand final, pulling back to let the second favourite off three deep the fence. If that happened in New Zealand harness racing, irrelevant to the race, I don't know how people would react to it. But just a masterful drive from him, knowing that he was going to secure the 1-1 by letting Swayze out. And... You talk about drivers giving their horse every possible chance to finish as high as possible. That was what happened in that instance. You know, you, you would just never normally see it. But once Leap to Fame found the front and was able to bowl along like that, Swayze looked like he'd come to the end of his campaign at the quarter. I was very shocked when I looked up at the 100-metre mark and he was still there contesting for second. Just one speed, that horse. He just keeps going. But I guess it was the same as the New Zealand Cup because he looked flat at the quarter and, and like a cooter was just going to go straight past him. He just kept going. So... Yeah. Um, good runs there, and then, well, just believe, um, 
oh, Greg Sugars can sit up at the. I, I feel like it was the 800 metre mark and start saluting, not the 200 metre mark or the 150 or wherever it was. But he's just in a world of his own throughout that series and bring him, bring him to New Zealand for the for the trot slot race. Come on, Greg. Come on, Jess. You know you want it. There is some. Um, I think they want to. Um, but yeah. there's a fair bit of water to go on the bridge. I know Sweden were interviewing Greg literally in a broom closet about two hours after the last race. Um, Greg had to go into a broom closet and some bloke came in and brought the mop in while he was doing it. And he had to come clean on the Swedish interview where he was. So, because they're like, they, they had a fair idea, but yeah, just doing a FaceTime one. Uh, he was outstanding and the way that they've presented that horse and the owners and everything else like that, I think well done to those guys as ambassadors. Go back to the, the the pacing one. Go back and watch Grant Dixon and Leap to Fame. And the word champion does get touted around too early. He's not a champion. He's an excitement machine and a great horse for the industry. It'd be great to get him to the New Zealand Cup um, as as well. But the, the thing, and any horse people watching it, Grant comes out of the gate and he's watching. And then when there's that little bit of a move early on and he's like, oh, hang on, if Swayze gets crossed here... I can pocket him and I'll be in front of him. And he lifts the reins and really asks him to, to go. When it all came off, when Cam got crossed, he then just pops there and just sits. And he just looks over and makes sure he's got his, his front legs at his wheel so there's no chance that Grant can push him off wheel to wheel. And he just sat there and sat there. And the sustained look he had, like when he knew it was Greg coming, he said, right, now I've got to go to the top. I'll go to the top. And I reckon he knew what was going to happen after that race. Greg Strive was 10 out of 10. Grant Dixon, 12 out of 10. It was just phenomenal uh, what happened then. And then after that, you could tell that it was all business for Grant because he had that race won at the 600. The noise of the crowd at the 600, everyone said he's home, but one person didn't deviate from his task, and that was Grant to drive him right through the line. It was unfinished business. He was not looking over his shoulder. He didn't care. He was just going to make sure he won that race. Um, and put them all to bed. And then the noise, any person that was there will tell you, the, the crescendo, it just built. It started at the 600. 400 from home, I'm thinking, man, this is loud. And then as he was getting to the line, seriously, they say about lifting a roof, that was just phenomenal. They are so patriotic, the Queenslanders. Um, and they just went ballistic. It was brilliant. And um, yeah, it was just a great race on so many accounts. The tactics from so many drivers. Cam Hart did nothing wrong. Cam Hart, he, he, he did nothing at all wrong either. Like, we, we don't mention him. He's probably driven a 10 out of 10 as well with the horse he had. But it just everything just panned out. And it was just a brilliant race and a brilliant night of racing. It was. And, you know, I think the next step on from that is we want to see these these match yep. races continue, you know, whether it is at Cambridge in April. I know Akuda's coming your way uh, early in the new year. And we're going to see him doing business in Australia, which is exciting, um, with a view of, you know, working towards race like the Miracle Mile, where we know Leap to Fame is, is looking towards as well. So that would be a very cool Trans-Tasman clash, which was what I feel like we missed from the Inter-Dominion a little bit. Um, you know, if we can get Just Believe and Queen Elida, why not Mufasa Metro as well, given his gate speed and, you know, the way he likes to bowl along. Um and add that to the Muscle Mountains, the Oscar Bonavinas, uh, the likes, and you know, all of a sudden you've got this this wonderful rivalry that we can build up and promote, and you know, get people behind. And you talk about that that Queensland, you know, support. You know, there's no reason why we can't have that Kiwi Aussie thing going on as well at race meetings. So, 
I hope it happens. And, you know, if I'm Harness Racing New Zealand, I'm on the phone right now to Greg Sugars, Grant Dixon, you know, Jason Grimson, um, Brent Lilly going, how can we make this happen? Yep. We want your horses at Cambridge in April. Let's get them here. I think um, well, there was some talk that West Australia were going to get better Eclipse. There was a fair push with that. So anyone in New Zealand, I will give them the heads up there. And uh, I do know that uh, speaking to the owners last night and also Greg and Jess, there will be no decision made until after the Great Southern Star to where he goes. There's no Even if there is an invite extended, that doesn't mean he will go to Sweden. If there's talk of it, it will be Great Southern Star and then they'll work it out after that. So that's the plans. How good are those two for racing? Oh, Greg Juggers and Jess Tubbs. Hey, and the owners, and I mean, you guys don't get to see. Oh, I mean, more in the way that they portray themselves yeah. through the media, yep. and you know the way that they speak, yep. um, and the way that if you were an outsider watching harness racing and you clued in, and there were a lot of people watching racing on Saturday night, given what was happening in WA with Ollie, yep. that you clued in and you saw that kind of excitement from Greg and Jess, that moment when they run up and hugged when, and you can see Greg, uh, Greg spot Jess in his eye as Brit's interviewing him. Um, that kind of stuff's just marketing gold. Give me more of that and give me give me those sort of people speaking about the game so passionately and, and about the horse, which is the, one of the most important things. Like, you would think it was a child. Yep. The, oh. the way they speak about that horse. It's, it's incredible stuff. Oh, Greg says, quite, quite regularly says it's his mate. So, yeah, it, yeah. it, it is. And you're, you're spot on. And, and the Inter Dominion is a very special race. The time slot's wrong because it was too hot. It was ridiculous ridiculously hot um any kiwi there i feel for them because they say it's hot when it gets to 30 degrees and it was uh i think it was nearly 80 percent humidity it was just so and there was not a stitch of wind there was nothing um it would tease the breeze would pick up and then it'd disappear but uh it was a horrible night um so that part they've got to get right um the placement when they race it they have to get right as well um but it is a great series kevin seymour um you know this hard-nosed businessman that's done so many things his speech was about three words because then he started to cry because that's what it meant to him. Uh, Trista Dixon shows no emotion ever. You know, she was crying, cuddling the boys, cuddling Grant. You know, it's these are life-changing races and they're the ones we've got to celebrate and bring on, like the New Zealand Cups. And the like. these, these slot races are terrific. They'll never get that same feel, but we've got to be able to use those to build and celebrate what we've got. Yeah, you're right. Um, on Kevin, you know, he's obviously spent a lot of money in this part of the world in New Zealand buying racehorses over the years so certainly someone you don't begrudge he's given a lot to the harness racing game and you know fantastic to see him getting that kind of results and having that you almost call it once in a lifetime horse don't you yep. I suppose um, no. I know they are very keen to get over and win a New Zealand Cup especially Grant so hopefully that can happen you know November next year yep a little backhander to HRA the greatest race uh, we have the two million dollar race and Leap to fame, Akuda, no longer eligible. Akuda was never eligible because he's Kiwi trained and uh, and all the rest. It does not make sense, does not make marketing sense. I'm sure the Eureka would be a better race if you started building it now with Leap to fame, but uh, too old. So, But anyway, that's a story for another day. I'll get myself in enough trouble as it is. He actually said hello to me the other day, so it should be, should be nice. Right, let's go back. Let's go back quickly through some of the ones at uh, Auckland. Um, Ken Barron and Matty White, they took out the first with the River Boy, a trotter. Um, there was a couple here I wanted to highlight. Art Major, three two-year-old winners on the night. Um, he's a leading two-year-old sire over here. We speak about Burtis Delight. I wear the Woodlands shirts and hats. 
but he's just doing a massive job. And there was three two-year-old races, two-year-olds win on uh, the Friday night. All by Art Major, which was terrific. Uh, the first one was Leo Lincoln for Ray Green and Andre, uh, who was regulation win. Disappointing that it ended up being a four-horse field. Yeah, it was. Um, but you can only but win with what's in front of you. And that horse had been knocking on the door um, and deserved that win. Uh, it'll go on and do a nice job. Um, I think we'll see a lot more coming out once we get into the new year and those horses transition, obviously, to three-year-olds. Um, and press on. Yeah, disappointing about the scratchings, but you can't do much about that. No, this one might be like ripping a scab off uh, the Markham family. But uh, watch the horse. <laughs> watch the horse last in the uh, the, the picture. This is the box I can't seat. Believe you're doing this hot rod series. Castana for Dave McGowan, and Dave hasn't had the best of health, so it's great to see him back in the uh, winning circle here. Uh, ben Butcher getting the job done. Jason Over went out in front and uh, kept the speed honest, but uh, break free was good. But have a look at this horse down the outside. Bet and win. Um, if this doesn't have back me next start, Matt Markham on it, I don't know what does, mate. Should I rub some salt in the wound and say Gary to flat tie for 2,500 metres? I saw that, don't worry. <laughs> um, there's one thing about trotting around Alexandra Park. You cannot do your best impersonation of a crab around the bends and expect to win races, and that's exactly what he did. Um, but enough encouraging signs there that if Bob Butt and Matty White, who he's staying with while he's up in the North Island, can get him sorted. There's a $50,000 final on New Year's Eve yep. that he's eligible for. Um, and I've got no doubt on ability that he would be good enough to win that if he if we can get that trotting, or they can get that trotting gate sorted. And yeah, I'll be sitting in Cromwell having a few beers, cheering pretty loudly. So uh, yeah, that would be nice. But big run from him. Great to see Dave and Claire winning races. They are two of the nicest people you will ever meet in harness racing. And they've actually got a really incredible record, yep. I, I think. You know, a lot of trotters, a lot of trotters. They've won 14 races this year and picked up 26 placings from 152 starts. So they're ticking along very nicely, and they place their horses beautifully yep. into races that they can win. And Dave, Dave's one of those characters. Absolutely love the guy. You could stand and talk to him for hours and hours and hours on end and love seeing them win races. I uh, went and done an interview with him, but we had to do a Snapchat to Karen Manning. As soon as he found out I was Kez's uh, sister, brother and sister-in-laws or however you want to go with it, Oh, he said, I just love it. We ended up doing a Snapchat there. So, yeah, he uh, and, and and loved it, and so did Kez. I think it went on for about half an hour after that. I couldn't get either of them bloody off off talking to each other. But, uh, yeah, um, does breed most of his horses, predominantly most of his horses, to the um, harassed to trotters um, lots as well. He embraces that European bloodline. So he definitely is uh, bringing plenty to the table. Um I told a lie. There was four two-year-olds win for the for the night. Three of those were by Art Major because Sunshine Beach actually took out the two-year-old race, beating the quartet of Telfer runners. With you are uh, yeah, you are doing amazing, sweetie. Is that what we go with? Yep, that's what it's called. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Uh, but a Tony Hurley magic wouldn't be many Alexandra Park meetings that go by without uh, AGH Hurley getting his name in the winner's circle. No, definitely not. Uh, dreams for you beat Resolve. Um, Resolve, I would say, would be better for the run around that track. I know it's been there before, but uh, would be better for the run. Yeah, I think she will. Look, she's she's in the zone at the moment. She's come off a 20-metre handicap and, and actually run nearly three-quarters of a second quicker than the winner. 
with the handicap. So Dream Review's always been a very, very nice horse. Derek Ball's team's going very well at the moment. Um, beautiful trotter. Uh, well bred out of Paramount Dream, which makes it related to the likes of Paramount GG and co that uh, obviously were over winning Breeders' Crowns in Australia a few years back. Um, yeah, keep an eye on Resolve because she'll pick up a she'll pick up another one pretty quickly. Mickey Chan took out the next race. Morris McKendry got a double. Uh, this one is a trainer as well. This horse, this is an interesting horse. This horse, he had 22 starts, six wins. So that's nothing to be sneezed at at all. But he's won four of his last 10 starts, including his last two. Morris found a little secret to this horse or what's going on? I wonder whether it's they're driving him a bit harder. And he's actually quite a tough dower horse and just keeps running. Um, he's been knocking on the door to do something like that throughout his whole career, and uh, good to see Morris with a with another good horse, both as a trainer and a driver, because he is one of one of the greats of the game. And you know, this horse is going to go on and do a really really yeah. nice job, and may work his way towards a race like the Auckland Cup uh, next year, the way he's going. And I think you know, three thousand two hundred meters would suit him because he's just so tough. Um, some good runs in behind. Barks improving up there. Simply Sam be one of the more consistent paces in the North Island. Just doesn't win a lot, does he? <laughs> no, he always finds one or two just that little bit better on the day. And it's, and it's know, not that day, he, everything... it's not that he doesn't try. And it's not no. he's just he just seems to get pipped all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but he'll get one. He'll lob the trail one day and he'll one up the lane. There's no doubt about that. And then escape artist for Barry Purden and Zach Butcher. Um, that was one of the two-year-olds at wing one. Got a terrific team of horses coming through, um, Scotty and uh, Barry. A uh, bit of a rejuvenation, I would say, in the stable. Yeah, and this horse is, has always looked a capable horse. It probably just looked like it needed a bit of time. And I think, you know... Six months' time, we're going to see a really nice horse who's going to do a really good job in the intermediate grade up there in the north. And the boys that keep getting the job done with their two-year-olds, they're having a terrific year. Uh, you probably know their stats. I'll try and get it up here. But 2IC, which... So they've had seven from 76 this season and 130,000. 14 seconds, what might have been for the boys, actually, when you look at that. Uh, what's that? Uh, 20, 27 um, out of 37, nearly 50% um, in the top three. But 2IC... Got the job done, beating the older, the older horses. Jackie Gibson won't be very happy with his name, though. I can tell you that. Because mm. it was a very consistent horse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very consistent horse, and you know, runs big run of seconds and thirds and fourths and whatnot leading into that. And so nice to see it get a win because it deserved one. Actually, wasn't too far away behind the best of its age group um, last season. Uh, so I think it'll just keep getting better that horse and again another one that's going to end up doing a good job don't want to pick you up but it must have been earlier this season because it's only a two year old it's only been racing for one season must have been earlier that, oh, <laughs> yeah they all start to mould into one at some point they do um, <laughs> it was the only reason I knew that that, that had to be no, the it's case it's a three year old it's a two year old three year old about oh, to it's a three forward. year old okay I got it wrong sorry well you're right and I'm wrong which is which is yeah, what's going to happen more that's going to happen Correct. more often than, than not. Rightio, I'm going to give a drive-by to Harness Racing New Zealand and uh, Emily will be ready for this. I want I want stats, um, please, on grass track racing in their form, horses' forms, because the Rangiora uh, Cup, I'm just trying to find me race when I get it up here, but I know it was won by Her Here's Herbie. Um, I've got the race ready to go. There it is there, but it's only the last 400. The New World Rangiora Summer Pacing Cup. 
Here's Herbert. Yeah, here's the, the first move of the race as Robbie Close takes off from the back on Kiss the Girls and will soon go up and join the leaders. It is here's Herbie in front. Kiss the Girls, three wide to park. Don Morrow enjoying the run of the race behind the leader and it's followed through by Manjama. Hit away on the outside to Jack Tarr, then he's a sport who's six off his stable mate. And then came Dashing Major from Buckskin and got to covered last along the inside. Toward the thousand metres they travel and it is here's Herbie who leads the way, uncontested from Kiss the Girls and Don Morrow. One away on the outside to Jack Tarr and then Manjum up from He's a Sport, Dashing Major, Buckskin and Got You Covered is last. They're a circuit in in the Rangiora New World Summer Cup. Here's Herbie in front. By a length on Kiss the Girls, Don Morrow will await on the best of it passing lane and there's a length off to Jack Tarr. Manjum up three back along the inside awaiting and out. There's one away to He's a Sport and then Dashing Major, a neck off Buckskin and Got You Covered at the rear. Well, he's set them up for a fast sprint home here on the leader. He is Herbie down the side. By three quarters to kiss the girls. Don Morrow, Jack Tarr and Manjum up. Then he's a sport outside of Dashing Major from Buckskin and Got You Covered. We'll have to pass them all. 400 metres to go. Here's Herbie. Clicks it up a length in front. Kiss the girls. In the trail, Don Morrow, Jack Tarr. Then he's a sport from Manjum up. Buckskin and Dashing Major. Here's Herbie for home. Shaken up now. Far side run up coming for Don Morrow. He's a sport, runs on outside of Kiss the Girls, but here's Herbie is lifting. He's two and a half in front from Don Morrow, running a cheeky race on the far side. You can add the Rangiora New World Summer Cup to the mantelpiece of Here's Herbie. Here's Herbie beat home Don Morrow. He's a sport and dashing major. And points are accumulated through each of these specific country cup races throughout the next six to eight weeks. Yeah, uh, no, he's a lovely, lovely horse. Is Colin suspended at the minute? Is there a reason he's not driving? Or uh, no, uh, off the top of my head, I am not sure. He doesn't drive at Orari. Um He hasn't since uh, his and Julie's son Darren was killed in the car accident coming home from that meeting twenty six years ago. Yep. Um, he actually won the Geraldine Summer Cup a few years ago with a horse called Just Rose, who was driven by Sam Otley, so it's his, his second one in the race. But no, he doesn't drive at Orari, but uh, he may be on the suspended list. They've actually taken it off HRNZ, so I can't tell you where it is. Yep. Uh, used to be able to click on it, and it would bring up the list of uh, suspended and unavailable drivers, but Emily might be able to tell us why that one's gone. Yeah, well, we're not we're live. We're, more jobs. we're not live, so she'll just give us something to, to come through and, uh, and and tell us off. Any other highlights out of Rangiora? Because um, I must say, I was a little bit shocked to see the replay of that race and it was on grass because I was expecting an all-weather track and that's where it had me a little bit head-scratchy. So that's one of those ones I think needs to... I know it does say at the top grass, but um, maybe get the word out there for... Um, there is one other highlight, but I reckon you'll get it uh, for the punters, that's for sure. Yeah, Riley Harrison getting a double was uh, was very cool. She's a, a talented young horsewoman, very much in the infancy of her career. Um, she won later in the day on It's a Moneymaker, who I was massive on. Just thought it was a great winning chance, and she's driven it patiently and waited for the gap. But I think the, the bigger nod towards her talent in the sulky came earlier in the day when she won the first race on a two-year-old trotter called Baffle. Now... Two-year-old trotters going round and maiden trots that are full fields on grass tracks with crossings and all sorts of things are, are generally a dangerous, dangerous prospect. Uh, she stepped this horse, found the front, judged it beautifully, and it won on debut. thought it was a very, very good drive from a, a promising young junior horsewoman and her first double, and it won't be the last either.
no, and it was great, great to see. There was a couple other highlights for the for the week, but um, yeah, I did I did miss that one. I think at Addington, Mia Holborough, um, she won. The one I wanted to highlight is that they actually upset our bloody apple cart, but Greg and Nina, they won the uh, race number two. It should have been race number one with another of the the uh, the Earth Move progeny. It's just, uh, they're just having a great run, Greg and Nina, with that progeny right at the minute. They're going to have a good Christmas just purely off the back of the Earth Move. Oh, correct. Um, they're probably sitting there going, why did we put her on Gable House and Cellar <laughs> now? Um, you know, a nice cult by something going through the rings would probably be worth a few bucks the way the team's going. Uh, yeah, Mia's another promising young horsewoman. I, I've been really impressed with the way that um, she sits in the cart and the decisions she makes out there for someone very much in her infancy as well and, and the driving ranks. And we're going to see a lot more of her winning races. It was a good meeting at Addington on Friday. Not, nothing, nothing you know, massive, but we saw some good performances. Eurostyle was very good again for Derek and Adele Jones, Kim Butt. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the racing at the moment has been very, very competitive and, and quite enjoyable to sit back and watch. I actually interviewed Derek and he suggested he was going to go pretty good the week after, but um, turned out to be two weeks after, but that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I will forgive him this time. And of course, Adele is actually who um, we're saying about Del, Dave McGowan's horse. That's, that's who Adele is actually named after. Um, the same Adele, so not not the singer as everyone probably thinks. It's the Adele Jones. So, well, that, at least that's what Dave McGowan's telling her. Well, and I mean, whether you trust the words of Dave McGowan or not, he can be a bit of a practical joker sometimes. <laughs> but no, we'll we'll believe him in this instance, and they do. They have a very very nice trotter in Eurostyle on their hands. Yeah, um, uh, she is going to go on and do a pretty good job and potentially work her way towards open class, the manner in which she won the other night. She did back up at Rangiora on Sunday, but uh, uh, I think the backing up didn't quite work out and she was a gone horse at the 400 metre mark. Yeah. I don't think Kimberly likes seeing me come when she sees me at a race meet and she says, well, I'm going to run second again and I'm going to front up again. Twice I've done it to her. Twice I've tried to interview her and both times she's ran second and I'm just like, I've got to stop doing this. So, yeah, but um, no, she's doing a great job and she's having a great run. She's had a great year, Kim. Yeah, she has. She doesn't like it when I walk up to talk to her either, to be fair, Paul. Um, Same that's thing? That's just generally because she doesn't like me. Oh. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. No, we get on pretty well. The battle, of, the battle of the pillows is still quite interesting there between her and Johnny. I think there's only one win between them still. Uh, wasn't the sure. The racing to go. Well, I, got ner- I got nervous just then. <laughs> um, I know they're having a bit of banter about it. Well, I'm certainly winding them both up about it. Johnny's currently in front with 23. Kim's uh, one behind on 22. Kim's got a good book today at uh, Ashburton. Johnny's got a good book tomorrow at Invercargill, including his unbeaten horse, Fin Seeker. So going to be a bit of fun over the next week to keep just, you know, prodding away at that one and winding them up. Right, we'll give Emily something else. We can see a, uh, a nice big banner with uh, Johnny and on one side with a pillow over his shoulder and Kim on the other side and uh, call it the Battle of the Pillows. Uh, we'll see how the marketing team like that one. They might get a bit nervous on that, I reckon. Oh, yeah, it opens itself up to a whole heap of possibilities. <laughs> so maybe we'll just leave that one for on the show and uh, let sleeping dogs lie, so to speak. At least one thing, we are going to know if Kimberly, uh, if Kimberly, if em, well, we'll know if Kim and Johnny have listened to it too, don't worry, but we'll definitely know if uh, Emily's listened to it, that's for sure. Um, Roy, a week ahead, mate. Um, uh, as I said, Johnny Turner's going to come on. Big meeting at um, Invercargill Friday. You've got um, a meeting today at Ashburton. That'll be run and one before we go to Air Cambridge tonight. But then just every day from now on, just about there's races, and it's going to be pretty exciting for Kiwis. 
Massive, massive time of the year. Um, if I look up from today, so today we've obviously got Cambridge and Ashburton. Tomorrow's Invercargill Cup Day. We get Saturday off, which is good. Sunday, Christmas Eve is Waikato, where you've got the two Christmas Cups. Uh, then it's off to Westport for the first day on Boxing Day. Gore on the 27th, back to Westport the 28th. Then you've got Cambridge and Banks Peninsula on the 29th. Reefton on the 30th and Auckland for Franklin and Grand Cups night uh, on the 31st, as well as some, some pretty big races there. And then you're into uh, the New Year, which I think kicks off at Rangura on New Year's Day before... Central, there's Nelson and Blenheim, so there's no rest for the wicked. I'm very pleased that I'm taking a month off from my normal job, um, starting on Friday, I'll say five o'clock, but it's probably going to be lunchtime, um, to be fair, and just going to spend my next month as like a travelling wild man going around race course to race course and looking forward to it, but yeah, plenty, plenty to follow. Yep, and it's going to be super exciting. Um... I don't reckon I've done it. I haven't done it. I haven't had the... I did a bit of a boo-boo with the setup, uh, so I can't show it. Throw you under the bus, mate, with Invercargill. Um, I'll go through most of the other races. Johnny on his home deck, he'll, he'll be able to sum us up there. But the David Moss trotting stakes, Oscar Bonavina returns. Majestic Man was good last start. Um, uh, and that smoking bander got it wrong, but uh, playing back on home. Your thoughts on this race and maybe your, your tips? Look... The only horse on what we've seen in the last month that I think can beat Oscar Bonavina is Smoking Bando. Now, in order for that to happen, Smoking Bando is going to have to step quickly and find his way to the front. Problem being, Muscle Bank, who we've seen likes rolling along in front, is in the race and has Blair Orange in the bite, and they're going to make those back markers work. Now, should Smoking Bando find the front and settle far enough in front of Oscar Bonavina, I think he is capable of beating him. Invercargill can be a bit of a front runner's track, and if you can get away with it on the top end, then you're a big chance of you know swinging in and sprinting. And we know how quick Oscar is, but we know how good Smoking Bandar is when he's in front as well. So Oscar, probably 95 times out of 100 wins this race. The other five are potentially in the hands of Smoking Bandar. Big thing too, Mark Purden going all the way down to Invercargill too um, to drive that horse. They've had horses racing down there recently, and Blair and. Um, the others have taken the drives on those but he's making the trip down and i know he does have smolder in the cup but i imagine it's oscar is the one that's drawing him um, down there the the love affair they have and this horse just going so well um i think it's terrific yeah well, some good money to uh to race for obviously he's got treacherous baby and amore amphitheater as well as well as oscar and self-assured not smolder he's finished oh. um Again, you you proved me wrong. (laughs) Um, I did laugh when I was going through the fields. I reckon Mark Burden has got more outside drives at that meeting than he's had for the rest of the year. (laughs) Um, He's driving South Seas Rock for Tyler Jew. Uh, He's on board a a pretty nice horse in Costello David later in the day. Um, Yeah, he's going to be a busy man, Mark. Um, And knowing Mark, he'd probably come out and win a couple as well because that's generally just what he does. So, uh, oh, he's on board Taylor Me earlier in the day for Brent McIntyre as well. So he's going to be a busy enough boy. But that's a fantastic meeting on Friday. Um, A little bit of a shame the way that the Invercargill Cup turned out with only four original nominations inside the race conditions. But well done to everyone that jumped on board and got the race off the ground. You've got a horse in Tech McLeod going around who's only had five starts. 
Yep. Um, Tony Morrison drives him. He's a raw, raw talent. I'm not saying he'll win a West uh, Invercargill Cup this year. Give him 12 months and a bit more rounding as a race, uh, racehorse, and he might. Um, excited to see that beach ball self-assured yep. head-to-head again. And it's been said so much in the media already this week that if beach ball finds the front, it's very hard to see self-assured getting him because they're going to run something pretty quick over that last 800 metres. And unless he's there looking him in the eye, I can't see him beating him, given what we saw at Addington a couple of weeks ago on Grand Prix Day. We talked about Swayze's leap to fame's Akutas, and rightfully so, and this horse is not in that category just yet. But maybe another eight months, Benny Hill, the job he's doing, beach ball, you know, he, he could be that little hidden gem that uh, New Zealand harness racing have got because... He's exciting. He's running the New Zealand Cup was outstanding. First time against the big boys and what he was able to do. His win last start was just massive. They were concerned about how hard he pulled mid-race. I'm thinking, yeah, well, if you're holding him back, what will you have ran? Like, so, yeah, he's he has he has the opportunity um, of being a real surprise package, even throwing in the, um, the, the, uh, the grins. You just don't know what will happen with a horse like him. He's a, he's a funny instance because he's not a horse that, from the outset, you said this horse is going to be an open-class star. We obviously saw him as a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And Don't get me wrong, he's always been a very, very nice horse. He won a Northern Derby um, very, very well. But the transition from going from age group racing to open-class racing is, has almost been the making of the horse. Yep. And now you would definitely consider him to be in the top two or three paces in the country, the way he's going at the moment, which six weeks ago, you had Akuda, Self-Assured, Old Town Road, Republican Party, Krug, BD Joe, you name them, and he was probably 12th or 13th on oh. the list. But the way that he's gone about it just pushed him right up. Did he just qualify for the uh, the Trotting Cup? Yeah, well, he won He won that last Friday night meeting 10 days out of the Cup, um, which was enough to push him into the field and the rankings. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that's what yep. I mean. So that's, that's how far he's progressed. He just makes the top... So how many's in the Trotting Cup? How many went around? 16? 15. 15 went around in that. So he just gets into that. Now, he'd be first picked, well, second picked, sorry, second picked to Cuda. But uh, for most yep. most of those those races, especially over the short and, and the mobile, does the stand hold a, a concern? Uh, it used to, but I think Ricky May might have figured him out from a stand start because he's got him away pretty well. He led um, a couple of times from a stand for Rick. So... It uh, wouldn't surprise me. He began well on the cup, so no reason why he can't. He's got a bit of room back there on the uh, football tee off 20 metres, I think. No, maybe only 10. He's 10. the only horse. Yep. So he's got plenty of space. He'll have self-assured 10 metres behind him. So you'd be very surprised if he didn't step away. Um, but it is a good field. You've got American Me there, who's obviously very well credentialed, run third in that summer free-for-all, was fourth in the New Zealand Cup. Mostel um, Ben, who was one of the earliest finds of the season, of course. I can tell um, everyone he went to the Miffin workouts on Saturday and run one of the most ridiculous last halves I've seen at the Miffin workouts with the markers out five cartwoods. Uh, he ran 57.2, which I put that on the markers and he's running a half and about 55.2 on the grass. So he's pretty ready for the Invercargill Cup. And we know that he has very good high speed at the business end of his races. Big thing on um, promoting these horses and all this. We need to celebrate these horses like American Me and Mossdale Ben because they are progressive horses. They may never get to the stage of beach balls, acudas, self-assured, smolders, those sorts of horses, but they may. But for the small trainers and, and you know, Greg and Nina have celebrated you know plenty of great success. But 
for where they're at right at the minute, these horses, we need to celebrate them and, and embrace them and the job that they're doing because they are not making up numbers. They are adding that X factor, if you like, uh, something different to these bigger races as well. And um, it'd be great to see how far they can progress. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, they are just as important as the good horses because you need them in there. And there will come the day that they will lob the trail or get the perfect trip and they will win a big race. And they are more than deserving of that. And, you know, I, American me over two miles, if he lobbed the trail, I'll say it now, I wouldn't be surprised if he won the Invercargill Cup on Friday because he's such a good stayer. Yep. If they go to war and something silly unfolds and he's sitting off the speed he will plug on better than any other horse in the race if they had 4200 meter races he'd win them pretty much every day of the week because i think the further they go the harder they go the better it suits them Methane cup how far is that 3200 meters right on the grass so yeah he definitely can sorry no it's three three thousand meters used to be three thousand two hundred meters still on the grass so we'll give an extra 200 minimum so yeah yeah we'll throw it in there Matty, thank you. Uh, one, Merry Christmas. Two, the races you uh, might be looking forward to in 2024. Uh, particularly those two races by Grins, if we can get some of those Aussie ones over. I think now that we've got had Jason and Cam come over and winning New Zealand Cup, I think the 2024 New Zealand Trotting Cup is going to be interesting because they've shown that it is still possible for an Australian trade horse to come over 10 days out from a New Zealand Trotting Cup and beat the best in Kiwiland. And I think we'll see more and more of it. Um, so that Trans-Tasman rivalry builds up quite nicely there. Um, mate, I look forward to any race meeting. Any race. Be a maiden trot at Meffin, which I particularly love, or a group one at Addington, it doesn't matter. Um, just give me good weather and good racing and I'm pretty happy. Um, what do we want? We want Ash Burton. What race are you in today? Uh, race six or seven, I think. I was going to say, we just got to give a little plug because he's hoping he's all can win today. It can't be that race. Yeah, it's race seven. Number 11. He's Santa's excuse. Now, that has got to be the omen yep. of the day. Uh, we even got... Well, funnily enough... We even got, pillow, pe we got, even got Pillowgate involved in it. We've got everything yeah. happening. It's just going it, to... It's got to be the omen race to watch this race. There's only one other horse that would probably be more fitting to win. Mum and Dad have got a horse going to Westport on Boxing Day called Santa Claus with a K. Oh, serious? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, he'll run another good oldness race with old Heath Centre's excuse, and it'd be quite nice if going into Bacargo tomorrow, Kim's got uh, at least back to level with Coxie, so I can start winding them up a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, Emily does the, it does the banners. Uh, yeah. Maddie, thank you very much, mate. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for me during the, uh, the year as well. So I really appreciate it, mate. No, same to you. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone out there and uh, over the ditch in Campbell's Comments lands. And look forward to uh, sitting down and having a chat in Cromwell uh, with Central Otago uh, in the new year. Looking forward to that immensely. I'll shout you a beer. You can shout me a water. It's all good. Okay. You're right, mate. Thank you. Cheers, mate. See you. Right, now on an extended uh, over the ditch, Johnny Turner joins me. Johnny, firstly, thank you very much for joining me, mate, on a busy sort of couple of days for you. Uh, it's great to be here, Paul. It's certainly a busy time in Southam, but, yeah, really looking forward to Group 1 racing in Invercargill. Only the second ever Group 1 contestant in Southam, and she's going to be a ripper. All the big guns are here, and there's quality undercards, so, yeah, really looking forward to it. Bring on tomorrow. 
Big meeting, and it does start tomorrow. Um, some real good races. Uh, group one and group three trot two, which is you know, got one of the best trotters in the land contesting it. Um, um, well, probably the best trotter in the land right as we speak uh, going on there. Busy time, mate. Um, you've had to uh, put me back a little bit because you've had uh, trials going on. It's a really buzzing time down south, um, and for the people down south, then there's plenty going on in there. Oh, there's not a doubt about that. And the fact is, uh, you'll be joining us, I understand. You'll yep. be joining us for some Central Otago racing, which is uh, just around the corner. You are going to absolutely love that, mate, because uh, we've got some quality horses ready to step out uh, if the tr recent trials are anything to go by. And uh, it's always hot and sunny in Central Otago. And, uh, yeah, bring your sunscreen, mate. 12 trials, I think you said. Any standouts? Uh, always be Elvis, always be Mickey Horse that uh, trolled up really nicely today. I was impressed with its run. Uh, there was a couple of others. Courtney May trolled nicely as well. A trotter by Art Major, would you believe? Yep, uh, I would actually. Though, given what betting line's doing with its trotters at the moment, I guess that, that's maybe the way we should be all be breeding them, perhaps. Uh, uh, yeah, those were the two probably that stood out for me. Ideal Double, another that trolled nicely today as well. And one change, New Zealand Cup horse. He'll probably be going to O'Macau, where you'll be uh, shortly. So uh, look out for him. He trolled nice today too. There was a nice art major trotter. Now you've got me doing something I shouldn't do because I should keep the fields up in front of me because I'm going to get myself into trouble. But there was a nice art major trotter a few years ago, and I'm not going to. I'm not convinced it's not Maidstone Miss, the mother of the best bourbon, actually. Um, that contested the contested the Inter Dominion final. It may not have been her, but I'm about to tell you that's for sure because I uh, know oh she was by Sundown, so it definitely wasn't her. But there was one that um, was around that time. Nolan Jane Alexander actually had it. They also had Maidstone Miss. That's why I thought of that horse there. But yeah, there has been a there has been a couple of art major trotters. Um, definitely, he has definitely celebrated Group One success, as has Better's Delight. Like you say, betting line. Uh, yeah. there's, there's plenty of them. Albert Albert does plenty of them as well. So it's it's one of the great things about our industry. That betting line trotter at Grand Prix Day. I mean, gee, that was a massive run. It just had to park out that first lap of Addington in a Group One race, and had the audacity to finish. What did it finish? Fourth or fifth? I'm just trying to remember. He was the first Coldor uh, gelding home, and he yeah, I think he finished. Not as promised, Johnny, was that horse, um, just as your phone dropped out um, on you just then. But, um, yeah, he was an exceptional run. I, you don't see runs like that uh, in low-grade races, let alone a derby field. No, no, that was sensational. Yeah, was sensational. It was indeed. Um, as long as people stop calling the busiest man going around. If you want any more information on the trial fields, Johnny, um, or any of the other content, any of my Australian viewers that may not be aware, um, I've got the king of content underneath, but you're actually, is it Southern Bread News with Johnny Turner? Is that the, the uh, official page? Southern Harness News. Southern, Southern Harness. Harness News. Plug that into Facebook and uh, we'll be away and laughing. Good as gold, and you'll be busy uh, with plenty of stuff coming up, including some... Uh, you'll interview all the winners, but you'll no doubt find a quirky little interview tomorrow um, at the big meeting. Oh, there's no doubt we'll be uh, on track and trying to talk to everyone we can. And, uh, yeah, there'll be some great stories to come out of this meeting because uh, there's some intriguing, intriguing clashes right across the card. And, uh, yeah, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of horses there that are obviously going to start short and be well supported, but uh, 1,000-metre tr track and... The pace will be on. Uh, draws are important, but gee, if there's good tempo there, there'll be something sailing home, and there could be an upset or two. So yeah, we'll 
We'll be there to cover whoever uh, has the luck on the day, I suppose. Invercargill Cup Day and Harness Day, um, Ascot Park. Would you say it's a thousand metre track? Gives every horse a really, really good chance. Uh, 3.36, so it's a twilight meeting. Um, it's a bit different down there because you get more sunlight this time of year than we do. You get less in winter time, but you get more this time of year. Um, so 3.36, which is 1.36 for the Australian people. A um, couple of group run races. We're gonna, we'll probably go through every race and we'll do it in a little bit of a systematic order. But we do want to do the first race I'd like to highlight, if we could, is the Canada Stakes for the three-year-old fillies at um, two minutes past seven or two minutes past five. Um, one, what a great field. But this race, for a lot of people, Johnny, may not who may not be aware, is um, for a great cause as well. Oh, it certainly is. Uh, one of our very popular men down in Southland uh, harness racing, Jason Broad. Uh, this race is named after his daughter, Canada, who is facing a really tough time at the moment. Uh, she's battling cancer and um, she's obviously working through uh, a lot of uh, great stuff on her bucket list and uh, Jason set up this race for her and uh, obviously got her name attached um, and it's going to be uh, a very, very an emotional event and yeah, just a wonderful celebration of uh, a pretty cool person. So uh, really looking forward to seeing who can get the chocolates. Uh, I know one man would dearly love to win it is Jason's great friend uh, Blair Orange, who I've done a wee bit of a write-up on uh, this afternoon. So Blair's really keen to win. Uh, he's got a bit of an each-way chance in the race, embedding sensation, but it does look like Amore and Fida uh, from the All-Stars, the Purden Stable, is the horse to beat from Barrier 1. So it's going to be game on over the 1700. I I'd imagine there'll be no holding back from some of these horses because 1700 at Ascot, you have to be handy. So... Uh, we're going to have to have some race tempo on to get the back markers into it. And, um, yeah, Treacherous Gal uh, is the class horse of the field. She's drawn out in Barrier 8, and Barrier 8 over 1,700 at Ascot is really not a fun place to be. So she's going to have to work into it at some stage, but still very, very much, uh, you know, a winning, uh, winning proposition. So, yeah, fascinating race, but obviously at the end of the day, who really cares who wins, so long as uh, Canada uh, enjoys uh, the, the occasion and has a great time with her family. And Jason's there, obviously, uh, is a key part of it and uh, a key part of organising the whole day. And hopefully he uh, you know, is, uh, you know, enjoys a special moment when this race is won. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be an emotionally charged event and uh, may the best horse win. No, absolutely. I've never met Canada. I was fortunate enough to stay with Jason for the one night the last time I went down there with the motels being booked out. Um, but he looked after me. He actually cooked me that white bait, which is definitely off. Anyone thinking, you know, I will get, get Campbell having some white bait, it's off the menu. There's no worries there. Wow. Blue cod That's diet. controversial, mate. White bait's a, a delicacy in this part of the world. Yeah, so Southland Sushi, and we're not going there either. We'll leave that one oh, alone. Wow. We'll leave that one <laughs> alone as, <laughs> as well but no he uh definitely looked after me and uh yeah i think it's um terrific what the club and also harness racing new zealand and i'm sure so many other people but i do know that blair stays with him regularly when he does his trips down south so i'm sure uh he'll, a lot of people will be barracking for him um treacherous girl when she won the southern oak she come from back in the field you don't think that's an option in this field uh, she will, I imagine she'll get back early, but uh, Southern Oaks 2.7, and this is only 1,700, so uh, 1,000 metres shorter. She's going to have to get handy at some stage. Class horse of the field probably deserves 
almost to be favourite. Certainly would have been favourite if she'd drawn anywhere else. But uh, yeah, serious winning hope. Just she'll just need something in her favour. Whether that's race tempo, whether that's her getting out quickly and landing handy, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, serious winning hope. But you'd have to tip it to a more Amfrida as being the horse to beat just because of the draws. 1700 around Ascot, you just have to be super handy. Yeah, no, very good. Well, that's a good pointer. Um, both those fillies contested the Oaks, didn't they? Treacherous Gal and Amore Infidia, so we'll fit. Yeah, and, and Treacherous Gal beat the other horse home. So, uh, as I said, if she'd drawn anywhere else, she probably would have started favourite ahead of her. I got uh, got a clip beyond the ear from Regan. Actually, I said that she wasn't going as good as um, you know probably I thought, but uh, he's been very very happy with her. Just bad draws and. Uh, you just about franked that same comment again, mate, with another another tricky draw going on there. Um, the Ascot Park Hotel will be my home while I'm down there. Um, and they do cook the best blue cod going around, I've been told. And it was outstanding last year when I did have it. And I don't think they have uh, those other little things on there on the uh, website. But they are the sponsors of the Invercargill Cup for 2023. Um a little bit of controversy. Some people say it's not a great field or, or the likes. Jeez, it's got some intrigue in it though, Johnny. Yeah, numbers-wise, it's not uh, not a huge field, obviously, but the quality's there and uh, the big guns are there. That's the main thing. Uh, the open-class stars that started Addington and made their way down to star at Ascot Park, so you really can't complain about too much. It's going to be a really cracking race, and the handicaps have, have set up an intriguing clash. Uh, I've spoken to the key players during the week. Uh, Brennan Hill, very happy with Beach Ball. Uh, they seem to have figured out the standing start with this horse. It's all about a little bit of good old-fashioned horsemanship, basically. They just have to keep off his mouth at the start, keep off the reins and let him do his thing, and he seems to land in a pace, and you'd be backing Ricky May to be, uh, to be doing exactly that and getting him away. And if he can begin quickly, he's going to settle in front of self-assured. He starts from the 10-metre mark. Uh, sorry, 10 metres behind him from the 20-metre mark. And you would think, uh, under normal transmission, they would finish in that order. Uh, but obviously, it's a horse race and anything can happen. And you've got Mark Purden driving the second favourite. So uh, it's going to be close, whatever happens. Uh, but Beach Ball deserves to be favourite. It's been an outstanding form. Third in the New Zealand Cup and the great winner on Grand Prix, deba- Grand Prix Day. Self-assured, I asked Mark uh, whether he thought the run on Grand Prix Day was sort of below uh, what Self-assured had been producing. Um Obviously, he was outstanding in the free-for-all uh, uh, on show day. May said it's kind of just the way it is with uh, self-assured these days. He's getting older, and he had a, a trip outside the leader. He did his share of work and battled on, and he wasn't too disappointed at all. I think he's resigned to the fact that if he settles behind Beach Ball, which is likely, he's going to be uh, very hard to beat. So, yeah, they deserve to be in that order in favor- of favoritism, and uh, they're both going to be extremely competitive chances. Of the rest, Mossdale Ben, fourth in the New Zealand Cup, relegated to uh, sixth. He's right up to this uh, front line as an advantage to him. Same for American Me, fourth in the New Zealand Cup, uh, fifth across the line. So they're right about, uh, you know, yep. about on par, those two horses. So they're clear second and third, uh, sorry, third and fourth picks. And um, if we're looking for a bolter, he's uh, second to outside of the field, Tat McLeod. Would you believe this, Paul Campbell? An open-class Group 1 race. He's having his sixth start in it. He's had five starts, two wins, and three placings. He's a very promising horse, but he's totally unknown at this level and totally unknown from the standing start. So what he does will be extremely intriguing. If he steps away, there's no reason he won't go a solid race. He's got plenty of talent there. 
So, uh, yeah, what Tech McLeod does will be very, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, top four, look, uh, look, standouts of the field, Beach Ball, uh, Self Assured, Moss Albina Miracle. <laughs> Pardon me. Are we right there, old son? We, 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 we are back. Interesting little comment that you've made there, though, because, Matt Markham, I am 99% sure that he suggested everyone watch he as well. So this horse obviously has loads of ability, Tech McLeod. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he's certainly talented, certainly fast. He's got a fast quarter in him. Uh, he's from a great old breed, the Tech breed. Yep. Uh, goes back many decades in Southland, and they just seem to keep producing nice horses. This one by Sweet Luso. You obviously know where he gets his speed from. Two miles could be a tester for him, but uh, I, I think if he behaves himself, uh, he's very inexperienced. But if he behaves, you know, he's, he's in it. Um, no reason he couldn't run a fourth or third or, you know, something like that. Yeah, no, no. no. And um, both the Hopes and um, the Whites, uh, their two horses, they franked that form. They um, both sort of got a golden ticket into um, the Trotting Cup, but uh, they made the most of it. They were terrific in that, and their form since has been terrific as well. Yeah, American Me uh, is a good beginner. John Barrier too. You'd expect him to be right up on the pace. Uh, I don't know what he's paying in the top four market, which we have over here, but uh, certainly around that place sort of place price, he's, he's got to be a huge place threat uh, around the 240. So if you could get that into your multis somewhere, it uh, wouldn't be the worst option. Mostel Ben, as I said, he's right up to the task. He has really stepped up the season. And, um, yeah, it's a very even race behind them. But, uh, yeah, uh, top four stand out to me. And Gene Feast might be down there too, I suggest, because we look might... out. Yeah, well, there's a first starter. Loves to travel a... and loves to travel and support her horses, so she'll be most welcome uh, by the southern uh, southerners uh, tomorrow, and I'm sure they'll show great hospitality. Certainly, if Self Assured can go uh, one better than last year, he was uh, you know good in the race last year, and they'll be hoping uh, for even more this year. It's not an exclusive. I just suggested that because she has got a first starter going around and she does have an extremely big soft spot for self-assured. She loves him. So um, going from there, Jimmy he's called, isn't he? Is that his stable name? What's his stable name? Uh, that's the strapper's Jimmy name, looks Jimmy. Up and, yeah, I forget his stable name. But anyway, that's okay. Wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. <laughs> the, <laughs> go good. the David Moss, the Group 3, $50,000 trot. Best trotter in New Zealand currently racing. I will go as far as to say um, probably can put his hand up there to be in contention with Muscle Mountain as being the best trotter um, in the land at the minute. Um, but, yeah, it's great to have Oscar Bonavina making the trip south. going to be such a treat for the people down south. Uh, he's going to be very, very hard to beat um, for mine, Johnny. But um, there's a couple in there that will be a sneaky chance. But it's just great to see quality trotters like him or quality horses making their way down south. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not a Group 1 race for these guys, but uh, to have the best horse in the country at the moment in the trotting gate, uh, I think there's no argument there. As you've said, he's number one top dog at the moment, and uh, to have him travelling all the way down south is awesome. And uh, uh, Mark Burden suggesting he's tra uh, trained exceptionally well this week. Uh, uh, with a horse like him, he's in the zone, and uh, you sort of want to know, is he continuing to be in the zone? Because he's had a lot of problems, obviously, in the past, but he says there's no reason he won't uh, run as well as he has been. He seems to be, you know, as well as he ever has leading into his last three wins, which have all been outstanding. So, yeah, expecting him to be exceptionally hard to beat. There's a couple of queries on some of the horses around him. Smoke and Bender, very good horse, talented horse. 
not noted on thousand meter tracks. He's a big track horse. Uh, I know he brushed a knee and galloped in the uh, New Zealand free for all when he was pushed off the track, so that was an issue. Uh, getting around the tight turns at Ascot Park will be key to him. Imagine if he's on the pegs, that's going to be the place to be for him. Hidden talent, uh, full of talent. She's a great mare, but it's fair to say she's not been at her best lately. Uh, last start, I think they run home in about 30-odd in a low-grade race, and she couldn't reel them in. Now, this is a horse that's had um, sort of run 26-odd quarters at stages of her career. So it'll be up to the GOAT, Nathan Williamson, to get the best out of her, which obviously we think he probably can do, but whether it will be on tomorrow, we'll find out. Love in the Port Gallops, uh, his last start in the Dominion, so question mark there. It's one strange thing with the market I can't work out. Majestic Man ran a ripping second to Oscar Bonavina, and he's out at fifth favouritism. I can't work that one out. He, he's, he's as good a chance as anything in the race. If you wanted an each way or place play, you'd probably go Majestic Man, just on his outstanding record. Gets around uh, Ascot Park really well. Uh, he's placed every start there, so yeah, get involved there if you're looking for for one outside the favourite, or you may be looking for a Quinella horse with the favourite. Um, Proven. Yeah, very intriguing race. Uh, Oscar Bonner, the winner of the big name, David Moss. Uh, stakes it's named after or is the biggest name of them all Brendan Franks he's a local legend down these parts sponsoring the race uh, a farrier to the stars so uh, yeah I'm, I'm trying to pick uh, which of those three names is the biggest it could be Brendan Franks himself I'm sure by race uh, 11 tomorrow he may well talk a big enough game to convince everyone that's for sure <laughs> obviously a sly little dig there and uh, there'll be some payback at some point I would imagine uh, if, yeah, he, he's, he's been known to tune in, into a video too of mine, so I'm sure I'll be hearing more about it. Jimmy Carter's an interesting horse for mine. I want to know a little bit about him. I thought he was huge. Four starts back. Um, I know it was in a low-grade race, but he came off about 60 metres. He never looked like he was even going to tack on, and his best work was at the end of that race for Phil Williamson. Um, where is this horse at? Because... Am I wrong in, in understanding his form that he, he, he's got immense ability, but he just doesn't seem to show it? Yeah, he's, he's got ability there, but he's got issues with his manners at the start. He uh, can often miss away, but recently he has, as you've said, he's been chasing from very big handicaps and not just not getting into his races. Like His last start was over 2,200 metres, and he gave them 30 and just never got into it, so... It's hard to line up the form, but in saying that, he was in the dominion behind Oscar Bonavina. Yep. He did everything right and got absolutely towed up by him. So uh, he's a roughie, but he's it, it wouldn't surprise if he win a good race. Yeah, as I said, he's just one of those horses that four starts back. It was the first race. I think it was actually Kirsten Green might have had uh, four winners on the day, and uh, that was one of her first ones. And I just watched the replay. I watched it a couple of times after seeing him, and he's just a, an intriguing horse uh, to me. Johnny, we'll go back, we'll go through them relatively quickly, but I mean, I'm not going to rush you by any stretch. Your words of wisdom are outstanding from time to time. We'll go through the others of the races. Yeah, that's a big wrap, isn't it? Oh, I've got, well, I've got to. I mean, Cam, Bra Cam Brown will be watching and, um, you know, the most influential man in Western Australia. I'm trying to get a free junket over there, so I need I need some sort of love from the great man. So I tell you what, if Cam Brown doesn't get you on over there, that'll be an absolute ride. I mean, you've... He should they, have... They, they, he should they have, don't have huge depths in their media over there. Just, just being serious for a second. Uh, I follow the trots over there um, because I do a little bit of work with 
uh, New Zealand bred sort of uh, yeah, content yep. and obviously watch a lot of Perth trots and they could do with a hand as far as the, the write-ups and all the rest of it go. They need to they need to push the boat out over there, I reckon. And the the best part of it is they've got a great man at the top, so I'm sure you'll you'll get them humming over there, no doubt about that. He could fly you and I over. We could have Matty Markham as backup. Uh, we could have a bit of fun over Look there. Out. It'd be a, yeah, it'd just be absolutely. a bigger it'd just be a bigger ditch, wouldn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Going from going from there, that's um, yeah, a bit of love. Um, Artie's a, Artie's uh, Artie by the seaside. He's going to be racing in Western Australia, so there's yeah. there's one for you, Johnny. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but yeah, um, I know that. I knew that she was sold. I didn't know it was uh, Western Australia. So uh, you got the scoop there, Paul. No, no, Maddie Markham. Love to say I could oh, ta- no. love to say I could take it, but Maddie Maddie brought it oh, to the show at the start of the show. So doesn't yeah. miss much, Matthew. Doesn't no. miss much. Uh, he might next week because I think the alcohol is going to be running a bit more freely. So we might have him on toast next yeah, week. Happen. Yeah, it can happen. Rightio, Craig at Harcourt's Gold Cup Championship Finals. Now, I know that Craig is Craig Harrick, uh, real estate agent, obviously Harcourt's, um, but also the president of the Invercargill Club as well. So well done for him for getting behind it. Big field of maiden trotters. That's race number one, 336. Well, they're not all maidens, but um, yeah, starting off at the maiden trot. Let's go to probably the bit of the day. Uh, it's going to wow. be very simple here. Hot Saucy Betty. Hot Saucy Betty uh, beaten a, has beaten a harder field than this in her last start. She sat parked the, most of the way and destroyed them. So it doesn't get any harder for her. Uh, she moves from the big track to the small track, which is always a consideration here. Uh, I think she'll handle it because her driver told me so, so I believe him, Mark Harrell. <laughs> and <laughs> I think she'll be very hard to beat. Hot, saucy Betty. Get on her race one. She can get you off the mark. She, her, her last two runs have been absolutely outstanding, and she's rated in a, a rating 41, six points below, uh, above the bottom. So she is going to be winning them in a row, I would imagine, this summer. Follow her wherever she goes. There's a big tip. Hot, saucy Betty. Horse in there. we got a horse racing tonight called Belittled. He's actually out of a broodmare called Ardenican. And he's got a trotter going around who's a gelding. So definitely can't be the mother of her. But it's just interesting, the uh, the crossover of the names. So And, uh, of course, trained by Nigel Milne's father. And, of course, Nigel, um, well, he works next door to the Bendigo Harness Racing Club. And he lives here in Bendigo. So funny little tie in how everything just sometimes just fits, doesn't it? There you go. The great A.D. Milne. He'll be... Uh... He'll be in full swing over uh, over the holiday break, Alec. There's no doubt about that. Shore Building Limited. Don't know anyone from the Shores. Uh, mobile Pace, three-year-old and older. 14 horses to go around. No emergencies. That's a big field. It is a big field. De- declaration of uh, possible conflict of interest here. <laughs> uh, I have a share in the f- number one horse, and I think he's a chance, but let's go to my number one pick, bowl him over. Who drops in grade for this into a very winnable race. The only query about him is his gate speed. I think he's got enough to lead and be very hard to beat. Uh, if he leads, but Scruffy, number one, in the trail, he's got to be an each-way chance as well. And outside those, Durant is a horse uh, that runs on every start. If he's close enough, he'll be in the action as well. But I do like bowl him over from Barrier 2. He sat parked his last start battled on very well to run sec- uh, to run third to a Toji, a horse with a big reputation. So that looks outstanding form to bring to a lower-rated race. Tyler Jew, he'd be one of my number one uh, supporters on um, on Loose Lines. You know what he says every time he tunes in? Hi, Paul. 
get nothing else out of him, but I just get a HI, Paul, and that's it from Tyler. We've got to, we've got to expand his vocabulary for the young man. <laughs> he can train, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. He can train. He's uh, had a winner at the trials today as well. So, uh, yeah, Scruffy looks uh, a chance, uh, but uh, bowl him over my top tip, race two. Uh, race number three is the Diamond Creek Farms, SBSR, Robin Dundee Crown, and of course Diamond Creek, they've had a winner today at um, Ashburton actually, but uh, this is the Diamond Creek in North America, um, and the guys who stand, well, we stand in Confederate and Cannibal, I think, this year, uh, so great to have a little bit of international sponsorship, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, they, they've sponsored a number of races in South and Otago uh, over the last few years, and can't thank them enough uh, to get involved. Their stallions do a great job. Confederate, he's got some wheels, does he not? Yes. Um, and toughness as well, from from what I can tell. I don't watch every race in North America, but I've been impressed by him. Uh, some of these mares in this race might end up going to Confederate or uh, similar size. Uh, this is uh, uh, arguably the most wide-open betting prospect of the day. Uh, a range of classes here. you got rating 55 right down to rating 35 uh horses, uh, mares I should say, and a mixture of form of landed with Moonlight Dream Barrier 4, Blair Orange, Andrew Stewart, 1700, you'll have to be handy, it's got gate speed, it should be in front and it should be hard to catch, other horses to consider, uh, Ain't No Angel, Busy Loop, Fernley, uh, Blackbird, and if you want a roughie, uh, tailor me. How do you pronounce the 13? I was waiting for you to say it and give it a tip. Kikarangi Blue. Uh, it's a chance, but you have to be brave to draw them outside the second row, uh, to, to back them outside the second row at Ascot, over 1,700. Uh, and it's favourite, so you can lead me right out of that. It uh, can win, obviously, but it'll need a few things in its favour. So favourite, and you haven't put it in the top four? Well, it's a bold call, but that's what they pay us the big bucks for, Paul. Well, that's exactly right. I must talk to Emily about these big bucks, but uh, we'll worry about that another time. Uh, massive field, this one, because I won't get it on the page with the sponsors. Uh, Sheet Metal Craft Limited Handicap Trot. This is for foot rating 40s to 59s. And what do we got? 18, four emergencies, so 14 to go around, but 18 horses. And unfortunately, I'm still trying to get it into the uh, full page there, Johnny. I will get it. Got it right now, mate. But uh, massive field. Massive field, full of form, and uh, a pretty talented horse that you would have seen on Grand Prix Day, bring on the muscle, race one, the two-year-olds, he broke at the start, he was way out the back door, I don't know how he even tacked on, I don't know how he ran third, but he somehow did, uh, he's a group one quality horse in a even field, uh, if he brings his manners to the standing start, which uh, it should be noted, he's never broken from the stand, it was only the mobile at Addington that he made a mistake from, uh, he's got to be very hard to beat, bring on the muscle, just a baby against some older horses in here, but he looks full of talent, others to consider, uh, Imperial Man, Pyramid Mystic, Araha Kenny dropping out of uh, Group 1 company as well. So uh, bring on the muscle. Uh, it be very, very interesting to see what he can do. Uh, huge motor. That's a pretty good field. Like Sally Lendini's in good form. Crackling has shown good form earlier this yep. season as well. That's a ripping trot, isn't it, for just a, a yep. rating-rated race? Certainly is. Wide open. Williamson's have about half the field, and uh, they'll be competitive with uh, plenty on of them. Even a horse like High Intensity drops out of a Group yeah. One New Zealand uh, Trotting Oaks. Uh, it's obviously a good form recommendation. So anything can win, but uh, plenty of punters will be on. Bring on the muscle. There's no doubt about that. Uh, 
A question without notice. Uh, Nathan's a goat. What's Phil? Phil? I don't, well, I'm not sure he is an official. I'm sure he's got, with the, with the band of the boys produced, I'm sure he's got some horrendous nicknames, but probably none of them I could probably share on this sort of platform. But And we've got to be very careful because he is Emily's favourite. Whenever I do a uh, interview with him, I... Uh, I get bonus points, that's for sure. She's got a real Great soft... Great yarn is our man Phil, no doubt about that. And, so, and speaks the truth. He's terrific at that too, so... Does that, does that. Yep, which is what we need. Forklift Limited uh, for the Phillies. Two-year-old Phillies race, another $25,000 race. A lot of the people sitting here in Victoria watching or listening to us rabbiting on will be disgusted in the prize money, but well done to everyone down south. Um, some good form in this race, figure form anyway, Johnny. Yeah, Treacherous Baby, second in a group one at Addington. Yeah. Comes to Invercargill just to, uh, you know, take on horses that some of them have only had two starts. So that looks like great form. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of talent in this race, but as I've said before, draws around Ascot mean quite a lot, and Treacherous Baby has the best of the draws, given she's barrier four and her main rivals are barriers seven and eight. So... I've gone with her. Ruby Rowe looks pretty untapped. She ran a track record the other day when Nathan Williamson ran one in five races at Winton and pretty much uh, dominated everything out there. So she hats she off. Has, hats off to the goat. That was a great effort. Hey, it's off to the goat, and no doubt about the fact that she has the upside to to step up and win three in a row because we haven't seen the bottom of her yet. So it's a bit of a calculated guess to say that treacherous baby can beat her, but. Yeah, Ruby Rowe, very talented filly. One you must chuck in your uh, bets is Mallory Maguire. John Barrier one will get a soft run and be thereabouts. Uh, Flying Alley, another one to consider. And always tickings in amongst it as well. Um, is that a little bit of inside information with Mallory Maguire? Uh, she ran sec uh, third uh, to Ruby Rowe in track record time, having her first start. So that's a great form reference for me. Better for and the she's drawn Barrier one. There's every chance she'll trail uh, Mark Purden in the favourite. So, yeah, if you're in the trail at Escott Park, uh, you're in the money generally. Uh, we'll miss the next three races. Go to race number nine. The Ron McEwen Memorial uh, Mobile Pin Seeker. This, this is an exciting horse. Uh, I don't think he's going to get it his own way, but he's a super exciting horse. You would have seen him at Geraldine. Um, I saw him. What I liked about him, Johnny, what I saw was there's so much improvement in him. He's so big and raw. Yeah, he's untapped, and, uh, yeah, he's going to... He's just got to be within uh, firing range here. Uh, obviously, a biggish sort of field. couple of scratchings brings it down a little bit, but, yeah, if he's close enough to them on the turn, he's got outstanding speed, and he's going to be pretty hard to beat. Uh, when his main rival looks to be South Seas Rock, Mark Purden jumps on, and he's a front running horse. So, I guess the you know how the race will play out is going to be uh, the question will be how far it is it between them at the 400, and whether uh, Pin Seekers within um, range because if he is, he's going to fly home because he's very very fast. So, yeah, an intriguing battle. Don't write off uh, Joe's Rock. Really good last start, and even though she's cops the outside of the front line. Uh, she's right in this on class. She's the highest rated runner for a start. So, yeah. She's no. in it. Deceptively, not the worst chance either. So, yeah. Intriguing clash, this one. And even a horse like... And race tempo will obviously decide it. A horse like Watermelon Sugar, who hasn't been putting his best foot forward, but has been racing up in grade as well. So, um, he has ability. Uh, yeah. I never Just knew... I don't it. know about the draw for him. He follows nah. out 
uh, one of the lower-rated horses in the field, who's handy handy enough, but uh, I don't know. He's not really known as really a gate floor rider, so just not sure where Watermelon Sugar might end up in the run. He looks so. a bit wild to drive too. He gets that head up and uh, doesn't look a doesn't look a, a very tractable drive when he's out in front. He looks happy, but back in the field, he never seems to be happy. I don't think. Yeah, talent's here, obviously, as you say. Yep. Um, purchase Myers Memorial. Uh, non-winning for non-winners, two-year-old and older. I would imagine there's uh, that much intrigue into the breeding and some of the runners in this field with so many two-year-olds uh, stepping out here. The, how do you line the form up for this race, Johnny? Because this would have to be a headache, mate. Oh, it's a headache. There's no doubt about that. You've just got to take a calculated guess. Um, Dawson uh, is a very nice horse. Ran second to Major Hot in his debut only start. And Major Hot's obviously a Group 1 place-getter and a very nice two-year-old. So in any other maiden, you'd think Dawson would just show up and win. But this has obviously got a bit of depth, this race. Uh, Ultimate Weapon was nice. Second first up at Winton uh, last week. Munro's mate really caught my eye uh, in his debut at Winton. Uh, the same meeting, running on into third, being pushed off the track. I was... Uh, really impressed with that run. Alibi is a horse with ability, uh, drawn 13 from the Regan Todd stable. He's down here to win a really nice stake maiden, and he looks a very good chance. Uh, Aquila ran a cheeky race that went in last week as well, so I've named about four or five, and you'll have to throw in Northview Sweet, drawn behind Ultimate Weapon. That'll bring her into play as well. So, yeah, there's half a dozen genuine winning chances in uh, you know, a really deep maiden race. And not a lot of form with the others, so it's pretty hard to line them all up, isn't it? That's for sure, but uh, yeah, calculated guess is uh, Dawson and Ultimate Weapon, the two to beat. Race number 11, the last, um, at a minute to nine, so a minute to, sorry, yeah, a minute to nine, so a minute to seven for the Aussies. McKnight and Brown, mobile pace, another big field, 45 to 51 rated races, um, it's a uh, Tough way to go out, I would imagine, unless you've got a progressive horse coming through the ranks here, Johnny. Yeah, Rise Up and Dance is probably that. He's a progressive horse, but uh, always well supported by punters. And so far this time, and he hasn't got the job done. So uh, best horse in the race, you could argue. Uh, best credential horse in the race. And, you know, he's going to be hard to beat. Uh, they've set him for this race. And, yeah, he's, he's going to be a massive winning chance. But... Um, you, you definitely have to consider horses outside him. I don't mind uh, Millwood Indy from one, doesn't have the greatest of form, but uh, has taken on stronger fields than this in the past. And uh, one, Drawing one around Ascot Park, always a big help. Um, yeah, wide open. Uh, others to consider, uh, I mean, Bobby's Rock, nothing wrong with its recent run. Raka Murph's a horse that's shown plenty of ability during its career. And the stable made a beach ball in here in point break uh, has to be considered. Uh, as well as Logan Rock from the Stuart Barn from Canterbury too. So, yep, it's it's full of uh, all sorts of form lines this race, but um, yeah, all eyes are, will be on Rise Up and Dance and whether he can stand up and, and win this race. If he doesn't, uh, yeah, there'll be a few scratching their heads on on where exactly he's at. Well, as a betting man, I would have had uh, point break as uh, some beach somewhere, but it's by better delight. So I was not expecting... Was not expecting that one um, at all. I actually thought Gene Feast had a two-year-old stepping out in this field uh, this day today, but I must have uh, crossed my notes over, I reckon. Can't happen. Can happen, must have happened. 
the professionalism of Campbell's comments comes under question again. I can't believe these things, but that's okay. We can live with it. Yep, we'll deal with that. <laughs> we'll deal with that. Um, best for the night day, Johnny? Uh, gee, low-grade trot, what saucy Betty, it all makes sense there. Uh, I may live to regret that because trotters and, you know, big fields and all the rest of it, but on form, her form really stands out and she's going to be very hard to beat. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with her. What race was she? I'm just trying to find it. Uh, race one. It was race one. I missed her. Race one, number. Race one, number. Nah, yeah, it's okay. Eight. It's okay. I only went back to race two. That's where I was having all. I'm like, it's not in there. I'm seriously, yeah, number eight, Mark Hurl, uh, doing a awesome job. Um, Inter Dominion, Johnny, your thoughts? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, obviously, I'd enjoy it a lot more if there was Kiwis over there, but uh, it was a good race. Uh, the trotting final, I mean, just believe was outstanding. Greg Sugars just took no risk with him, and he just smashed him. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the 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 prospect that he may not be going to Sweden, and he will be coming to Cambridge. Uh, it's obviously been plenty of whispers about that. And if he gets to Cambridge, I've got him clear horse to beat. I think he's absolutely flying at the moment. And as much as you know, historically New Zealand trotters have been, you know. Very, very hard for the Aussies to beat at times. I think he's top dog amongst Australasia. So I hope he comes to Cambridge. It sounds like he will be. And I uh, can't wait to see him in action over here. Officially, there's no word going to be done until after the Great Southern Star. Um, mm. That's from the owners and the trainers. Um, and more importantly, from Jess Tubbs, which I'm sure... Greg, uh, Greg does what he's told there. But um, there was an interview, a lot of people aren't aware, but it was actually a live interview with Sweden straight after, well, not straight after, about two hours after the Inter-Dominion. Um, so they're well and truly still on the radar as well. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he is. He is going there. A lot of water's got to go under the bridge. I know financially it was a huge uh, drain, if you like, on everyone. So, um, But potentially, it's still very exciting. The job they've done to get that, yeah, the Inter Dominion on the world stage can't be undersold, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very encouraging. That um, you know that part of the world is keen to know what our good horses are up to because I don't think it's been the, the case historically. So no, no, no they sitting yeah. up and nosing. We've had a lot of horses go up there and not exactly fly the flag, but he certainly did when he went up. He didn't have a heap of luck, but he still ran well. So. You sort of hope He's doing good things. You sort of hope they're watching a horse like Oscar Bonavino. I don't think he'd be the sort of horse that would travel. Um, he's got you know a few issues with his feet and things like that. But you do hope that they're watching horses like him and the job that he's actually doing as well. You know, promoting yeah. the industry. So yeah, doing it, doing an awesome job. And there's so many undercards. Uh, Tony Barron's got a runner in the last. He's missed everywhere. He was, he had a runner at Auckland. He was at the Inter Dominion. Now he's got one down the bottom of the South Island. There's, and he'll be there, I would imagine, because he's home. So, yeah, he'll, um, he he doesn't mind travelling, the boy. No, good on him. He's a great trainer and he's uh, produced a lot of winners over the years and can obviously breed a horse too. Bred Queen Alita, got her going and sent her over to be Lily and the rest is history, obviously. But, uh, yeah, he's, tell you what else, he's got a good uh, draft of yearlings in the NZB yearling sale. So, He'd be a great man for you to have a yarn to. You could talk about everything under the sun. He, he owns Gallopers too, so... Yeah, because he owns the one yeah. that um, won the three races in the one week with um, Johnny Wheeler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate enough, yeah. to, be, I was fortunate enough to be there. Didn't realise that that was him but uh, until afterwards. But, 
was as bad a shirt as I've seen him dressed out in, though, I must say, on that occasion. Well, until he gets to Crandell Giddy standards, I think we'll just leave Mike. I reckon Cran's dropped. Cran worries me a bit. I think he's gone a bit conservative of late. He's, uh, Give him a tune-up. He's, yeah. he's probably due for one. Well, I believe he, he does need it. Johnny, your highlight from the year just gone? Yeah, the highlight. Dreams are free. Uh, just happened recently, but uh, yep. that absolutely outstanding performance at Winton. Uh, and obviously he ran very well to Frank that form on Grand Prix Day. If he gets out earlier, he would have won the race. So he's a pretty special horse on the way up and can't wait to see more of him. Yeah, no, and I will say one thing with that. I remember going Cam, Cam Brown, uh, Cam Bray, sorry, uh, from NZB. Me and him were at Tamworth to see Leap to Fame. We heard all these rumours about, you know, your stories about how good this horse was. And when you see those horses firsthand and realise there's something special, so hopefully... Dreams of Free follows on that same trajectory as a horse like Leap to Fame. It'd be bloody awesome. Yeah. It'd be, be a hell of a ride, that's for sure. Right. One race you're looking forward to seeing next year? Ooh. Yeah, probably the trot slot race, if Just Believe comes. If he doesn't, uh, I'll be disappointed. So uh, that's that's the one I want to see. I mean, uh, I can't say I've been the greatest advocate for slot races and think they're the be-all and end-all, but, uh, gee, there's going to be a lot of interest if we have the big guns there. Oscar Bonavina, uh, Muscle Mountain, Bolt for Brilliance, Just Believe, Queen Alita. If they're all there, that's going to be absolutely off the charts. Yep, and Mufasa Metro was one that Matty Markham said, like, his gate speed jumps on the bunny. Um, you know, like, it, it, there's a lot of intrigue in this race. Certainly is, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a cracker. Draw's going to be key. And obviously, uh, yeah, we'll take note of who's uh, who's buying what slots. But um, I, can I can tell you now, like, we'll see how many people will listen to the end of it. There's going to be an Italian horse in it. So that's wow. That'll throw some intrigue into it, so, yeah. But a male, eh? Yeah, it's, no one's ran with it. Um, I can or can't. It's one of my sponsors, so I can or can't do it. But, uh, yeah, I can I can tell you that, that if he comes up like they're hoping, he'll be the horse going across there. So um, Can I just ask one question on that? Uh, is he hot to trot that horse? No. No? No. So no. I know he's, he, only, he, he's, he's swim, from a different he's, barn? He swims in dams. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. There you go. And he was one of the two. Well, there's the other horse, Baron Zeus. You know, like yeah. he's come back from America. He, he, I believe, will be coming to it as well. There might not he be. He didn't a, race well at Cambridge last year. He gets around that pretty that track pretty well. There might not be enough slots. There might not be enough drivers. You might have to come out of retirement, Paul. 101, I'll have to go for 102. Um, yeah. Well, David Branch, he can sit back and retire, mate. He just should send the money our way and we'll, we'll, we'll promote the race for him because it is going to be a star-studded race. And out, and out of that, Johnny, too, we don't know what's going to come in the next two or three months out of some of these, like, four-year-olds because there's a horse like London to a brick um, that won the, the Great Square. There's so many horses that could take that next step that might come across there and throw that bit of intrigue. It's a ripper race. I, I hate to say it, but um, the Grins is going to play second fiddle, I think, to the trotting race. Could well do. Could well do. Not that that's a bad thing in no. any way, obviously, but um, the trotting gate deserves you know, all the all the success and hype it gets. They race for less money, but they create so much interest for our industry. So if that were the case, bless them. Yep, absolutely. Johnny, Merry Christmas. Thank you very much for helping. Um, you, you're prepared to do anything, which I really do enjoy, even though we were out of audio sync last time you and I were there. That was a rookie mistake by me, which I didn't realise until later on, but we'll fix that one up next time we do a live. But um, really appreciate you uh, coming on, giving me a hand, mate, whenever asked of.
Yeah, appreciate all your support of the industry, uh, especially on my home patch as well, Paul. A uh, big day here tomorrow, so uh, thanks for all your support. Looking forward to seeing you in New Zealand uh, for some great racing across uh, the early part of summer. You're going to love it, so we'll see you then, mate. Very good. Thank you very much, mate.